Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. My name is Jack Mancini, and I'm here with my long-term business partner, Adam Sunhalter. And the purpose of our show is to talk about small business stuff. And I talk about, when I talk about small business, I define that as from 1 to 25 employees. Cuts across any business in any industry. We like them small. We love these small business owners for everything they are. They can be a pain in the butt, but they add value to communities in so many ways it's unbelievable. So we love this business coaching, and we help them succeed. We have the secret formulas here that uh, that really work. We try them out ourselves, and if they're successful and we define success as growing sustainable profits, then we put them into play. And if business owners stay continually and work with us, they're going to achieve unbridled success. So anyway, as I said, I'm here with my partner, Adam Sunhalter, and we got a pretty exciting question. Not a question. Well, it is a question because we deal around the how questions. But uh, Adam, what do you think? Did you just say that the owners are a pain in the butt or owning a small business is a pain in the butt? Yes. <laughs> okay. So make sure I was hearing you correctly. There, that well, was a good way, answer. Owners can be a pain in the butt. They say we're a pain in the butt, too, so it cuts both ways. So that's, that's all right. All right. Yeah, that's all right. We're allowed to do that. to stay balanced. All right. As always, you are welcome to be part of the, the Dirty Secrets of Small Business show. We are on live every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern. You can get us here in the studio, live and in person, 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. If you're out in the Twitter sphere, there's a couple ways to get a hold of us there. Where our company uh, handle is at Maximum VP. If you want to get Jack Mancini, you go at Jack M M V P. And for me, you can get me at, at Adam Sonhalter. So you can tweet at us directly. You can follow us on there and see what, what we're up to and kind of posting up there. Email is always a good way as well. Radio at maximumvp.com. We got a we got a question this week that we'll get to it towards the end of the show that we're going to address. You say handle. Isn't Our Twitter old, handle. An old, is that what they, they still call it the handle? Sure. That's an old CB. That's an old CB term. That's right. Citizens right there, Band good Radio buddy. with the truckers. Citizens Band, that's what it stands for, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. They still have those radios out there. People people use those, tune in, listen to the police officers, stuff like that, too. They, they're on that. I don't know what they use for for, for that. Yeah, you think they're, I, I haven't seen CBs advertised in decades, literally. But... Uh, Anyway, they used well, to the handle's been reinvented. Used to have a handle. Yeah, well, the handle's been reinvented now. So it's these start with the at symbols. That part of the handle, you can grab onto it with the at symbol, and then kind of go from there. That's a good thing, isn't it? <laughs> All right. So I don't, I don't know. I'm going to say yes. That's a good thing. So email radio at maximumvp.com. That's radio at maximumvp.com, or hit up our website maximumvp.com forward slash how h o w. As Jack was saying, how questions, lots of them. Never-ending. You ask them numerous times during the day if you own a company. If you work for a small company, you'll hear it asked all the time. And if you go there to MaximumVP.com forward slash how, nice little form that kind of pops up there. And that's where we got our how question, which we'll get to in the latter part of today's show. So, yeah, as Jack said, we've had some um, big-time preparation for our show today. And it's on a question we're going to frame as this, which is, how can you discriminate between customers? Hmm. How can you discriminate between customers? And so this was kind of brought to light uh, a story that we recently became aware of that has been around for a little while, a story of a, a baker named Jack Phillips who lives out in uh, Colorado. And you know, Jack owns a little bakery out there, and about five years ago he had a, a same-sex couple come into his, his establishment and asked him to make a, a wedding cake for them. And he very politely said, hey, I don't do that, uh, but I'll get you anything else you want, birthday cakes, anything like that, but I'm, I'm not going to be able to do that. And this little 30-second interaction has led to a five-year legal battle between Jack Phillips, who, who's the owner of uh, I said a bakery out in Colorado, which is called Master... Oh, I got it right here. Where is it? Masterpiece? Masterpiece Bakery. And... The, the it started off simply enough, where, again, it's a little bit of a disagreement in terms of what's kind of going on. A Facebook post, so showing the power of social media, that led to 
the local media taking it on, all of a sudden pickets going on and court cases back and forth. And over the last five years, the Masterpiece Cake Shop and Jack Phillips has been going to appeal court, appeal court, appeal court. And just recently, after 14 tries, are going to get an audience with the United States Supreme Court. Wow. So, well, I thought I thought businesses are allowed to choose the products and services that they sell and well, who their customers are. That's part and, of what we're going to talk about here tonight, Jack. That's exactly right. We we were we were misinformed, Jack. I guess. I guess. Apparently. Too. Yeah. Totally. Well, that's not unusual. But we we always deal. Not always. We often deal with with uh, situations like this ambiguity. And our crazy culture changes going on today and people enforcing their rights uh, with every lawyer on a gas station corner. That Basically, uh, uh, they can get to fight a case and bring a case of my rights have been violated. But I thought businesses could have selected discriminate. Nobody can discriminate against anything? Is that what you're saying? Let's delve into this a little bit. What we wanted to do is we wanted to frame the topic here in our first segment, maybe maybe our first segment and a half here, and kind of give you some backstory to it. And related to it, again, keep in mind, you know, this is a, if you own a business, you know, one of the challenges, you know, whether, you, whether you own a business or you're just a citizen here in the United States, with so many laws and regulations in place, it is near impossible. Let me say that again. It's near impossible to go through a day without breaking a law of some type and kind or going against some sort of regulation. Because, folks, it has gone way beyond common sense these days. And there's, there's laws and restrictions and regulations for everything. So, as we often like to do, we like to kind of frame the discussion here, and, and starting with some some key words here. I know Jack's got some got some notes here in terms of a couple of key words to kind of focus on. And I'll give you a little background on the on the story of, uh, of Jack Phillips and his fight, and then some interesting articles in terms of some of this discrimination, what what the laws out there kind of look like. So a little bit of education, but also to kind of think about it from an owner standpoint. One of the things that we're very big on is marketing, and one of the first places we often start, Jack, is when we talk about a target market. Who are you going after? What kind of customers do you want to have for your business? Yeah, and let's let's profile those customers. We right. use that word, profile. And try to segment those markets down to say, hey, I'd like to target those folks. And, and, and think about this. As an owner, you know you have some favorite clients and some favorite customers. And if you can get 10 more, 100 more, 1,000 more of those kind of customers, and at the same time, you have customers that you don't like that are a real pain in the buttinsky. You're talking about, you know, that'll be one of our themes that I, you know, being pains in the butt, that you'd like to get rid of those folks. And if you could replace those not so good customers with those really good customers, you'd do it in a heartbeat, snap of a finger. Hey, I, I, you know, that's what we're trying to talk about here. So that's being restricted down. So why don't we start with a little definition of discrimination, Jack? Is that a good place to start? Yeah. Do you have it or do I have it? I think you may have it, don't you? No. No? What do you have definitions of over there? I don't know. Okay. Well, I thought we had... Check it out. We have... Dim- <laughs> we'll get there. Go on. Keep you up. No, you got... Okay, so... I was talking about... Well, <laughs> another word. A good word. What other word? Well, give me word. different words, all right? No, no. Bigotry. We were talking about that. Remember we were talking about bigotry. We, we had a pretty wandering conversation tonight. This was pretty good. Um, no, I'll find it. I, I think I'll find it. Hang on a minute. Where am I going here? Well, we discriminate in a lot of par- parts of our life. We think about it. I mean, we, we try to give examples in terms of, hey, if you're going to be choosing your friends, who you hang out with, and you're choosing the person that, that you're dating, different things. We're, we're constantly making judgments about people, situations, things that are kind of going on. So we're constantly having to, to discriminate to be able to use that word. Let me let me cut you off here with the where I found my word, discrimination. Well, you told me to keep talking, so now go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there you it's, go. Uh, discrimination is the unjust or presidential, prejudicial, prejudicial. I'll help you out. Prejudicial, thank you. Treatment of different categories of people or things, especially on the grounds of race, age, or sex. So you talked about that. Okay, so so that's race, discrimination. Race, race, age, age or, or sex, especially those three. Those are three hot topics. Those or, are top of the pyramid there, and everything else kind of. Kind of sort of cascades from those three. Okay, and so I think most people can kind of, especially in this country, can agree with, you know, hey, to, to be able to discriminate against somebody because of their their race, their gender, or their age is not necessarily a good thing, okay, when it comes to, especially when it comes to, to, to basic commerce. So whether it be hiring somebody or being able to, to, to serve somebody. And a lot of the anti-discrimination laws go back 150 years, back to the post-Civil War times. 
or is trying to make sure that, that folks who are, who are we just got done fighting a civil war and, and, and the battle over slavery and, 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 and whether uh, uh, blacks would be citizens or not and, and what rights they, they, they could have. It's been going on ever since then. So it's kind of built up over a long period of time. And, you know, as women were viewed as second-class citizens too, it's been about 100 years ago that, that, uh, before women could vote here in this country, right? So it's been, there's been discrimination that's been going on and things have been improving. So we're in our modern day and you feel like almost like a lot of the battles are kind of done or they're set in place. But as often the case, we set out those three, sex, race, what was the third one? Uh, Age. Thank you. And then they kind of <laughs> cascade down, right, to other parts and pieces of that, right? So we talked about that as one of the words to kind of frame and kind of get some definition around this. And you, that brought the other word you mentioned, Jack, in terms of bigotry. Or you have another word you're looking up there? Yeah, I'm looking up. Here, I, I'm I'm totally confused. That this I'm is the totally dictionary confused. according to Jack Mencini. No, wait. This is this. These these are words he's finding on you know, online. By according to me, it'd be altogether different than right. what this reads <laughs> as. But this is the word judgment, the ability to make considered decisions to come to sensible conclusions. Now, <clears throat> that sounds like a pretty intelligent definition, doesn't it? You know, you're going to have Considered decisions to come to sensible conclusions. Considered and sensible. Okay. Two, two very key words. So how do we, how do we not judge people? And therefore, if you're drawing sensible conclusions from the world around you, you know we all aren't created equal in the sense of intelligence and access to information. So the world around you, you draw conclusions. And those conclusions are going to be almost every step of the way to somebody, 350 million people in this country, those conclusions are going to be, in many cases, discriminatory. How can I not discriminate when I'm making a judgment call? How can I not do that? It's impossible. But then we'll, we'll have some fancy lawyer come out and say, yeah, yeah, you're misinterpreting, or yeah, 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 yeah we're, we're going to define a... Uh, the word judgment to be used in these categories, but the point is judgment is a discriminatory process. Has to be. Does it not? It does, to, yeah, to a certain extent. So are, we, are we living from a business, and we, ad, we advise clients. I mean, we advise clients, uh, to your point, Adam, when we do marketing, to profile customers. So I'm in business for five years, and I got uh, 300 customers I've done business with, and I do a little analysis and rank and rank rank my my customers in terms of profitability and desirability. I'm making judgment calls here, and when I make judgment calls, I have to discriminate. So, do we have in this country to do business a free market or government dictate? Those are two big general categories. And the example you gave at the opening of our show here with this bakery, which you're going to talk more about, with with that. There's judgment calls being made, and the wrath of who knows who is coming down on this little bakery for discriminating under the sex banner, I would think. That's probably where it, it fits. But what choice does this person have to choose his or her products and services? I want to make these. I don't want to make these. So who comes in and tells me, hey, if you don't make these, you're discriminating, and the force of the government's going to come down on your head. Isn't that kind of what we're yapping about and scratching our heads and trying to figure out what the heck is going on here? Yeah, it makes us kind of pull our hair out, Jack, and it's it's it's. Well, wait, we're, we've we're, done a good job of that. That's <laughs> we sure. have, and we're at the we're at the <laughs> point where all of a sudden one of the people's almost first reactions is to get lawyers and the government and, and the legal system, and the idea of calling it a justice system, which is which is a total fallacy in many cases, has kind of brought the full bear. So we'll get into this a little bit more. We'll start to frame the story a little bit as we come back from break. So stay tuned. We'll talk more about Jack Phillips and his battle. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, a business coaching company. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Saturday night and you're still hanging around You're tired of living in your 
All right, we're back here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I am Jack Mancini. And we're talking about a pretty good uh, word and all that comes with that word. That's right. We're talking about discriminating. Discriminating for as it relates to your customers. And we're focused on a little story which I want to kind of delve into here a little bit, Jack, here to start the second segment in terms of the baker. Baker and the cupcake maker. Wait, what's right, is there a nursery candle, rhyme for that? Candlestick. candlestick maker. That's right. All right, well, this guy's a baker. So let me kind of read. I got a little story I'll just kind of touch on for here for a couple minutes. Uh, it's on the Daily Signal. And we'll put this in our, in our, in our show notes, in our podcast notes. It was written by a guy named Ken McIntyre. And the, the article is entitled, 24 Questions for Jack Phillips, the baker who gave up wedding cakes for God. All right, so... Let me just read the first couple, couple paragraphs here for you. This is kind of gives a good, a good feel for it. So Jack Phillips knows he can't do anything about those who call him a hater. He says he just loves to get up each day to design and make cakes, cookies, and brownies to honor God and to make a living. This year, this is dated, again, this, this article is back from August 19, 2015, so a couple years ago. So this year, however, Phillips faces a loss of $100,000 or more because Colorado judges ruled that his Masterpiece Cake Shop must make wedding cakes for same-sex couples as well as opposite-sex couples. The 22-year-old Masterpiece Masterpiece Cake Shop normally produces about 200 custom-made wedding cakes each year at about 500 bucks per pop. That's how they're getting the 100,000 bucks per year. Phillips, a Christian since the late 1970s, says creating cakes for same-sex marriages would go against his constitutionally protected belief that marriage is a sacred union of a man and a woman, as taught in the Bible. His lawyers, who describe him as a quote-unquote cake artist, also argue that the First Amendment means the government can't compel Phillips to use his talents to express a message supporting gay marriage. Phillips also chooses not to create cakes depicting witches or ghosts for Halloween, or to design cakes with sexually suggestive images. There's just certain events, certain cakes I don't make, Phillips, 59, told the Daily Signal. That was one of them. So this, ca- this case has kind of been back and forth. This, uh, this goes back to, to a, a chance encounter in 2012 where these, these two fellows who, who came in who had just gotten married in Massachusetts because it wasn't, it wasn't legal yet in Colorado, and they, were having a, they, they wanted to have a, a reception. And so it was, a, it was a chance encounter, a couple minutes, as far as, you know, what happened here. And so now it's gone through a legal battle. For five years, kind of going back and forth, what kind of goes on? And he's being accused of, of discriminating. And again, as we were saying, it's discriminating against what? Against the kind of customers that, that, that or the products that he wants to offer. And so what he's chosen to do is to stop making wedding cakes. So he stopped offering that product which is a pretty profitable product for him. And this is a pretty long article. I'm not going to read the whole article, but you can go check it out uh, for yourself. It, it, it's pretty profitable for him. So he's taking one of his most profitable lines of business and saying, hey, you know what? I'm not going to offer it anymore since all of a sudden I'm being told I can't, I can't choose who, to, who, I, who, I, who I sell these things to. I'm not going to sell them at all. So 100000 bucks lost there. As you go through the story, it touches on some of the impacts that it's had on his business. So, you know, again, over a 22-year history, He'd had, you know, at his biggest point, had about 15 employees, okay? And over the course of the last several years, there's been some attrition of folks who have kind of left and they haven't replaced them. Okay. So he's down from 15 employees, now down to six. And he has some family who are involved. And, you know, sisters, his mother, his 88-year-old mother's coming in, doing some deposits, you know, you know doing some, some, some banking stuff, doing some, some writing of checks. They aren't taking money. Also, they're, again, they're, they're trying to donate their time to help them out. You have other customers who are supporting him who are coming in now more often, buying more things, you know. They're, they're, but he's, he's fighting this battle. He's fighting this battle saying, hey, you know, I've got a first, uh, you know, a, amendment right to be protected as well that, you know, why can't I do what I want to do? And so, again, he isn't the first person to kind of fight a battle like this. So there, there are numerous stories about different photographers who are out there or, or calligra- calligraphy folks or, or you name it who, who have tried to refuse you know, re- refuse having to, to service things that they don't um, say kind of go along with their beliefs, right? So we have a kind of a battle here of kind of religious liberty or freedom of expression or first rights versus these anti-discrimination laws. Well, we're, 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 we, we know this comes into business, so to, you know, the business is being affected. And as we say, you know, do you as an owner have a right to choose the products or services? 
that you want to sell in your business? And who is it? Who is it that's the product service police for all the millions of companies and products and services that are made here? Well, it's, who says that those are wrong? Well, is it that as much as it's well who you can sell it to? And so one of the things as we were doing as we were doing some research on this, we discovered it talked about this whole idea of kind of open to public in terms of what, you know what kind of goes on and. So as Jack and I were kind of talking about this, you know, here's where our heads usually go. We're, you know, we're pretty simple guys. You know, we aren't we aren't lawyers, and you get lawyers involved often it kind of messes things up. But we're we're thinking of uh, one of our favorite movies, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and you got the you know very early on in the scene, you got Spicoli Shonda. and his buddies kind of coming in, and they're <laughs> trying to get trying to get served, and they've got they have their shorts on, and they don't, you know they no shirts on, right? And Judge Reinhold characters come out come over. So what's that sign say, right? It says no shirt. No shoes. I think it says no dice, right? You know, which usually people say, you know, no shirt, no shoes, no service kind of thing, right? So we're thinking, wait a minute, that, you know, you see those signs all over the place. So can't, you know, can't you do some sort of discrimination, right? So did a little research there, too, and found this. This is kind of a very interesting little take as well uh, from, a, from a website called Shake Law, this woman named Lauren Kreps. And this is back in May of 2015. It's, it's entitled, No Shirt, No Shoes, No Service? With a question mark. What you need to know about refusal of service laws. Oh, this is, boy. Okay, this is where it's starting to kind of come up. It's, it, it, gives you, it gives you a little picture here, right? So picture this. So here we go. We got New York New York swanky standard hotel made unwelcome headlines this Memorial Day weekend when it refused entrance to a Navy officer in dress uniform because her clothing didn't match the lounge's quote-unquote dress code. Aside from the insensitivity of refusing service to a service woman on, on Memorial Day, for which the standard has since apologized, there are interesting legal questions that arise related to when exactly businesses can refuse people's service based on their attire, behavior, or any other set of characteristics. So again, let me pause before I can... So <laughs> here we are getting shackles. And, and, and again, believe me, Jack and I are, are, are free market guys. We also understand there's got to be some... And there's, there's a place for regulations and guidelines. The problem is when it becomes it becomes overbearing. So as you read that that that, that discrimination definition, Jack, in terms of, okay, broad base against sex, religion, and age. Okay, it's broad enough. Okay, so can we use some common sense here? Common sense. What a great couple of words that is. All right. Common sense. So can we? Yeah. Can we? All right. So let's take it. So here, let me keep reading this article real quick. So let's take a look at the real standard when it comes to refusal of service laws. So the scope is relates to this, is relates, relates to public accommodation. So the first thing to understand about refusal service laws is to whom they typically apply. You may think that because a business is privately owned, which we sure, did, okay, would, that, yeah. that it's it's not subject to the kind of laws that could prevent managers or employees from refusing service to certain clients. And I, I'm saying, heck yeah, right? And they go, that's right. Not so. Not so fast, my friends. It's not, not so. Laws that deal with refusal of service generally govern, and it says, quote-unquote, public accommodation, so places of public accommodation. These include any facilities that offer lodging, food, entertainment, sales or rental services, health care, or recreation to the general public. So even though restaurants, stores, and swanky rooftop bars may be operated on private property, they still qualify as public accommodations and are thus subject to the service regulations set forth by federal and state laws. Okay, so Do we know what holy cow, are? now all of a sudden I'm an owner of a company, Jack, and here it is. Here comes the burden of a bunch of regulations that I have to now kind of, what, I have to become a, a, a legal expert or I have to get a legal team to let me know what's kind of going on so that, again, I'm not overstepping bounds or I'm breaking some law or regulation I don't even know about that, is no big deal most days until one day it's like these guys in Colorado all of a sudden it became a big deal. Well, like, you know, you know how often you know how often we we as coaches have to set the set the right the the, the right mindset when we're into a meeting because everyone will get excited come into a meeting we can get them we can get them excited about the prospects of their ideas but then someone will say well we better pass it by the lawyers. That's right. And all of a sudden. All the air goes right out of the room, so we start many of these subjects. Let, let's let's pursue this. Let's get excited. Don't worry about the law; that'll come in later. 
let's let's try to design something, and before we launch, we'll, we'll do all the checks and balances with lawyers and whoever else we have to talk to. But the reason we do that is because there's an endless stream of negativity that is thrown out on the table, and people basically, where they have this good idea that could be nurtured and brought along, never even gets out of the chute. Yeah, it's the people are scared to death about it. If you try to investigate, you know, Jack and I spent quite a bit of time starting to research this and investigate it. And again, we, we're relatively intelligent adults who have been involved in a lot of legal situations in terms of reading legal documents and and starting to at least speak a little bit of legal ease. Okay, which is that language that, that that lawyers tend to speak or write about. And yet, there's a lot of confusion and, and words. Again, we're given de- definitions here earlier on in terms of what you know, what does certain things mean. What are the key parts of that definition? And what words are important? So, we're we're heading here to here to break in, in just a few seconds. So, but when we come back, I want to finish this article, Jack, because it, it talks about when it's legal to refuse services. So, when are you permitted to refuse services, right? So, I want to read this and kind of give yeah, people I'm, people I'm a little looking, sense about I'm it. Looking forward. To and that. then they gave a little twist to it as well, right? So, I want to kind of come back to it, and I think it makes that point in terms of how confusing this can be whether it be for non-lawyers or even lawyers themselves, Jack. So stay tuned for that. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And boy, after I'm listening to Adam here, I'm wondering why in the world am I even in business? But uh, (laughs) not really. We love it. We know how to navigate through all this nonsense, and uh, we like talking about it, too. Yes, we do. And stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back. We're here with 30 Secrets of Small Business, and we're easing back in with a nice, cool music. Talk I'm Adam Sonhalter. Talk soft. Soft. Soft and easy. I'm Jack Mancini, <laughs> and we're, uh, we're here tonight talking about discrimination and all the confusion it, it sets for. We, we put everything into a business perspective. So uh, discrimination, it, it's a job killer in many cases rather than a job creator. And there's lots of confusion with it. And when there's confusion, there's an action. And when there's an action, there's either lawsuits or nothing gets done, obviously. So that's what we're trying to sort out tonight. And we're doing it with a little light piano from time to time. <laughs> or guitar, both to go together. So we, in our last segment, we are kind of framing some of this issue in terms of the, the recent uh, cases going to be in front of the U.S. Supreme Court here coming up this fall of Jack Phillips of Masterpiece... Or sorry, Masterworks Bakery in Colorado, and refusing to make a cake for a same-sex couple, and got us investigating. Well, how does this work? Where I can't choose my customers, and we're trying to figure out this whole idea of you know what they're now we've discovered are called refusal of service laws that apply to some of these public places. Okay, and so we're reading part of that part of that article from uh, from Lauren Kreps. This is back in, in May of 2015. I'll put that in, we'll put this in our show notes again as well. But let me just finish reading because it, it gets to the point now where it's framed for us kind of what the scope of, these, of this law is. But let's talk about when it's legal. When's it illegal to refuse service and then when, you know, when are you permitted to do it? So when it's illegal, you've got two federal laws uh, when uh, the, the government or refusal of service is illegal. So you've got Title II of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which prohibits discrimination in places of public accommodation based on a patron's race, color, religion, or national origin, so pretty similar to what we just you know, we described as the definitional earlier, Jack. And the Americans with Disabilities Act prevents discrimination on the basis of physical, mental, or emotional impairments. Additionally, some but not all state laws extend their anti-discrimination policies to protect customers from refusals of service based on other criteria, including age, gender, sexual orientation, and military status. And so, Colorado in this case happens to be one of those states that has extended their, extended their law to cover things like sexual orientation. So it's not true of all states, but it's, it's true of... So it's not a federal mandate, but it's a mandate yeah, in the state of uh, that's Colorado. that's the testing ground right out there. All right. So therefore, despite the fact that some places of public accommodation, albeit legally, post signs stating their quote-unquote right to refuse service to anyone or establishing a certain code of conduct or dress, these public venues are still not absolved 
from abiding by federal and state laws that deem certain refusals of service unlawfully discriminatory. Hmm, say that again. All I right. didn't understand. That sounded like... I know. That's why we're, 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 all, we're not lawyers. We're, this, we're trying to understand this. All right, so despite the fact that some places of public accommodation, albeit legally, post signs stating their right to refuse service to anyone or establishing certain code of conduct or dress, these public venues are still not absolved from abiding by federal and state laws that deem certain refusals of service unlawfully discriminatory. So, bottom line, dress codes are not illegal, but discriminatory ones are, sign or no sign. So, okay, so here we go to, to this language stuff, right? Okay, so dress codes are not illegal. So, wait, I'm, I'm okay, so I'm taking my, my girlfriend out to dinner. We're going to celebrate. Whatever we're going to celebrate, we're going to celebrate it. Okay. And we're going to a fine restaurant. And we're going to get dressed up because this is a fine restaurant. And it's an expensive restaurant. And we go into that restaurant and we're having a good time. And who comes in next to us but some guy in a tank top with his baseball hat on backwards, loud, probably a little buzzed up. And we're saying, or you're saying with that ruling here, no, it's not a ruling. I don't know what it is. It's a law. It's, it's a law, right? right regulations. Whatever the hell it right. is. And you're saying that that law would not prevent or would prevent the owner of the business, if I complained discreetly, to remove this character. Why? M- maybe. Maybe, Jack. Let me, let, let me go on to the next segment here. Let me see what it says. Okay, good. So when are you when you're permitted to, refu- to refuse service, okay? So scenarios in which refusals of service are warranted by law typically include situations where a customer's presence would put, get ready for it, Jackson, your favorite, would put the safety and welfare Ooh. of the customer <laughs> herself and or others at risk, right? So here we go. One of your favorite buzzwords, Jack, is safety, right? Whenever, yeah, that's that's it. It's a buzzword because how can you go against safety? How can you go against Oh, well, I got another one of yours. Okay, so while state-specific health and duty of care laws vary, so health too, so health, oh, safety, boy. right? Health, safety, and fair. Those are all words, uh-oh. My when, are going when you up. hear them, look out. First right. one who says them usually wins a negotiation. So. <laughs> so, so while state-specific health and duty of care laws vary, a place of public accommodation may typically refuse uh, to serve a customer if, okay, here, let's see if these apply to your situation, Jack. If the patron lacks adequate personal hygiene, okay, and I'll give examples of extreme body odor, excess <laughs> dirt, Oh, they define it. Huh? They'll, they'll, give, they'll give examples of that, I right? I just don't like the perfume, the, well, the hey, woman or the clone. That's what I'm saying. So it's, it's, again, they use these words, lack of adequate personal hygiene, okay, whatever, whatever that means in your world. The patron is visibly intoxicated. Okay. Okay. The patron is unreasonably rowdy or causing trouble. Well, you just define so, this guy who sat down. So a picture of the scene of Saturday Night Fever. Remember when they went to the White Castle after the, the night at the bar, and the guy's up on. How do you remember these? The guys movies? up on the guys up on the table barking like a dog as he's eating the sliders. Right, remember that? <laughs> he'd be the kind of the guy who'd be kind of unreasonably rowdy and causing trouble. Um, the patron's presence would overfill the venue capacity. Hey, we're we're full, so I can't I can't let you in. There is good reason to believe the patron will not be a paying customer. Oh, that's the what. That's one of the. That's one of the things that again that you, you may refuse if, if all of a sudden if he won't be a paying customer. If there's good reason to believe the patron will not be a paying customer, so picture picture Spicoli and his buddies coming walking into the place, right? They got they got their bathing suits on and that's it. They're carrying a shirt and they got sandals on. You're thinking, okay, well, where's the money? This was back in the the 1980, right? There were, there wasn't you know there wasn't the smartphones and the and the pay thing. So how do you how do I tell? Picture how difficult that would be, right? In hey, you look like you can't afford to be in here, Jack. In in today's world, that would never that would never fly. You would you would really have an owner with a lot of brass, you know what's to basically go up to a, a customer like that and pull them out. You would hope that kind of person would be there to keep the reputation and ambiance of the the restaurant, but that cold-hearted bureaucrat—he doesn't give a rat's ass, does he? All right. Well, here's 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 the here's the one that brings it all together for me. We're really <laughs> okay. So it's the last bullet point they they give. <laughs> the, the the patron has chosen 
not to abide by a venue's neutral dress requirements in a manner that is somehow within the patron's control. I have no idea what that means, Jack, in terms of uh, neutral. So there's a, little, there's a lot of gray area. So that's okay. So here's her comment. That means that there's a good lawyer. Yeah. Well, here's her comment. A good lawyer will know what it means. All right. So that last point, which I just talked about, the whole neutral dress requirements, is important. It's why, although no shirt, no shoes, no service policies are rarely mandated by law, they are also rarely illegal because they don't discriminate against any particular category of person. Food for thought if you are barefoot inclined in the summer months. Knowing your rights as both a business owner and patron is important. Refusal of service laws can cause consternation, but they are legal, <laughs> except when they're not. Hey, okay, okay. Then I except clar- when they're I not. Clarifies it, Adam. All right, so they're totally clarifies. So here it is. So they're so, legal so, until they're not. Until, uh, until they're not, right? Okay, so that's kind of the crux of what of what's happening to, our, to 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 Jack Phillips in Colorado. Here's kind of what he's being accused of going against. Because if you look at a lot of the anti-discrimination laws, Jack, that are out there, it's really more based on hiring stuff. But those are those are almost as confusing. If you take a look at if you take a look at the, the federal anti-discrimination laws, you, you, you can Google this. Um, certain things are okay to discriminate against, right? They, they, and they give an example, like a strength requirement, right? You know, so even though that discriminates against maybe, let's say, females, if they say, hey, you got to be able to lift 50, you know, 50 pounds easily, right? It's okay to put that and discriminate for that Assuming it applies to the job, right? So if, if I'm working in a warehouse somewhere, working on a construction site, I have to constantly be lifting heavy things like that. But you know, I can't put it in as a restriction for, let's say, a desk job where it's unlikely you would need to lift that kind of a weight, right? The federal laws apply for places where we have at least 15 employees. Now, of course, except for our buddies in Colorado who who wiped that out, it's 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 the, it's anybody has employees, the right? States and local. Can, yeah, can, yeah. can change it. Sure. I love this one. I, I, I know mm-hmm. you do you do do check, which is age discrimination, right? So these apply to anybody who is at least wait for it forty years old. Wow. Forty. Okay. Well, how do they pick forty? I don't know anybody. Yeah, turn, I don't yeah, know anybody younger than forty. I'm getting ready to turn forty-five here in a few months, Jack. I, mean, I think, <laughs> holy cow, am I uh, am I being age discriminated against? But yeah, you, uh, yes, you are. Adam. Okay, well, well here's how it could happen. You have the Equal Pay Act, and that's good. But so they, these things are all now enforced by by a government body, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, right? So it's creating all this kind of stuff. So. You can make to me. I, I, I guess you can make more arguments in terms of hey, let's make sure we don't well, discriminate. We can make endless arguments. Well, but from a hiring employee, we talk about this all the time. And believe me, believe mm-hmm. us, we talk about it with our with our with our people, our, our our clients. If you can find good people who can do the job, usually you don't care what they do outside of work. If they're good, why would you discriminate? You want somebody who can get done what you need to get done from 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 what's best for your organization is having good people. Well, we know that, that that law firm that everybody fires, you know, Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe, you know, you know that group that uh, they'll take on these cases and usually win them. Yes, they will. <laughs> I, had to work, I had to work that. That's Dewey, all right. Cheatham That's all right. So, so had to do it, Adam. Yeah, so I was reading that thing again. Even though you're not aware, you know, you're not, you're, you know, you're not absolved <clears throat> from this stuff. So all of a sudden, you're following these laws, and so, you know, from from the case with uh, with Jack Phillips, I don't think he was going to be. Fine. They, they, they wanted him to stop discriminating. They, they wanted to force him to sell those cakes, so he decided just to stop selling wedding cakes instead. And you know what kind of goes on? You know, if we look at different things that are out there, we had discussions over the years about this, and I think most people can probably relate to this as well. You know, it started on the on the coasts and it worked its way to the rest of the country about ten years ago. Where all of a sudden, uh, going to restaurants or bars, you can't smoke in there anymore. That's right. Which yeah. I thought at the time, I still think it's the dumbest thing in the world. While I enjoy, and I, I, I'm not a smoker. But to force that on people to say versus, hey, let the natural markets take their course and let people cater to that. If all of a sudden I think there's a big demand for a non-smoking environment, the entire restaurant being a non-smoking environment, why can't I create a restaurant that does that? And let, let, let the market tell me that, 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 yeah, there's a demand for that versus ones where, hey, smokers are allowed. Well, we, we know why. We know the politics of it all, which we aren't getting into. We, we know how these these majority of voters basically uh, drive ultimately the safe harbor for politicians. But I, I'm anxious to see this restaurant in North Carolina that has refused uh, uh, service to small children. And the latest <laughs> update on that, that was done about a year ago, the latest update on it was they're 
there are lines waiting to get into the restaurant by adults only who want a quiet dinner. And uh, I can I can buy <laughs> that Fantastic one example, good. Jack. Yeah, it's perfect. I wonder and, if they're uh, next up on this law or maybe, so, you maybe know, North Carolina's a little bit different, you know, right? Somebody's yeah. totally offended and their rights are, <laughs> right. are battered and uh, their kids have a right to come in and spoil your restaurant for everyone around them. So. All right, we'll stick around. We'll get back for our last segment here. We're going to touch on, we have a, we had an email question uh, from somebody that actually kind of we can tie into this, this topic in terms of d- discrimination, Jack. So stay perfect. tuned for that. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. We're business coaches. And we would, ooh, I hear that piano in the background, and I would, uh, I would say if you're a small business owner, you want to know us. That's right. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, com. Welcome back. We're here for our last segment on Dirty Secrets of Small Business this week. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. We're business coaches, and we are talking about a, a real good subject because it's very real. It's affecting our culture. It's affecting our commerce. It's affecting our political. I don't know if it's affecting it as much as it's, it's uh, kind of driving it right now, this big wedge. No matter what happens, there's 50% of the people for it and 50% of the people against it. So it seems like uh, a lot of things are, are going through a gut-wrenching, uh, you, you like to think change, and I believe there'll be change, and I'd like to see it sooner rather than later. But things like political correctness, discrimination, uh, these are very difficult words to navigate through because they're always on us. But uh, we're well, going to hack them apart a little bit like we've been doing today. Yeah, they are. And I think it was, we, we talked about this part of the opening segment, Jack, that we're, we're constantly having to discriminate in some in some form or, or, or kind so how do you do that so if all of a sudden i'm i'm looking to hire somebody and i'd like to have a have a college degree and i got one candidate with a degree from harvard and one from the local local college here you know wouldn't most people discriminate against the person with a local college degree versus the one with a harvard degree I know we're a little unusual. We'd probably discriminate against the guy from Harvard or the gal from Harvard, right? Yeah. yeah, Basically, so. But also, you're you're going to try to look at those kind of things. You know, myself being a University of Michigan graduate and being here in Buckeye country, and you know, could people refuse to service me because of my 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 uh, my roots and 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 rooting interest in Go Blue? Oh, you don't know. We've been together 15 years, and usually when you walk out of the room, people will make comments, and I have to pay them (laughs) off one way or another. (laughs) <laughs> Only because you've been to Michigan, so that's good. Well, that's okay. So it's all right. It, wor- it, it works. I had to let the cat out of the bag tonight, though. Right. But, uh, it's that's all right. right. That's all right. So now I know. That's right. It's always we're always learning. So, you know, it, <laughs> it, can you discriminate against stuff, right? And you know, something that goes back you know a long way. You, know, you and I, you know, we went to different high schools here in in Cleveland. I went to St. Ignatius, and you went to St. Ed's, and they're big rivalries. And it it, it goes back decades, almost a century. You guys aren't quite that old yet, but it'll it'll be a century soon. Yeah, and our record, our record is uh, balanced in our favor, isn't it? Right. Well, there's lots of discrimination <laughs> that kind of goes on, doesn't it? And we right. back and forth. But a lot of joking goes back and forth. It, it, it can be a lot of fun. And so, uh, I was referencing earlier. We, we, had, we had an email came in from uh, from Mr. Curious emailed us. And for those of you who are in the Cleveland area, you're probably aware of this. But if if you're not, there's an annual football game that goes on here that's been titled the Holy War. The Holy War, which is the, the, the battle between St. Ignatius High School and St. Edward High School. And that's my alma mater, St. Ignatius, and Jack's of St. Ed's. And uh, Mr. Curious wanted to know who the winner is going to be, by how much and why, is what the was what the questions were. So our fans know us pretty well and have a sense of this and are curious to get our take on this very important topic. And and do you see a little more discrimination probably this week for that? My, my son, who's a freshman now at St. Ignatius, said that online social media, Jack, there's all kinds of smack talking going on like crazy. It's back and be forth, right? Talk. Wouldn't so be this a is good his, game without it. This is his first experience of being in school with it. Although his first experience with the game itself, Jack came last year when the uh, the home game, it was a home game for St. Ignatius and they decided to hold down at Cleveland Brown Stadium. And it was amazing because the St. Edward Eagles got a chance to experience something that a visiting team almost never gets to experience at, at Cleveland Brown Stadium, and that's getting their butts kicked, which is fantastic. <laughs> so 
I'm not thinking that's going to happen again this year. Well, uh, no, you're, and it's good reason that you aren't thinking that way because it's not going to happen. Right. And, and uh, you know it. You know St. Ed's is the, the superior team, and they're going to win. They're probably going to win. Usually the game is, is pretty well contested, but this year Ed's is going to win by at least 14. Nice. Okay. So for those of you who aren't aware, St. Ed's right now is 10-0. Undefeated, ten and zero, number ones all number over. Number one, the place. Saint Ignatius is is nine and one. Nine and one, and number two. Number two, and the team that, that Ignatius lost to, Saint Ed's beat them last week. So, all, right. all things are pointing in favor of Saint Ed's, and it's a home game for Saint Ed's at, at their Lakewood Stadium, and so all signs are pointing towards a Saint Ed's victory, right? <laughs> but these but not so, but not Ignatius so fast. Like to make go on, go on, but not go so on. fast, my friend. So I don't believe it's going to be another blowout like it was last year. I think what happened last year is it got out of hand early. And just, uh, you know, those kind of things kind of happen. Long memories, <laughs> right? So the chance of having two beatdowns in a row doesn't happen. I saw it my, this past weekend with my beloved Michigan Wolverines who destroyed Penn State last year by about 30 or 40 points, and they got beat by about 30 points this week. So Terrible things come back. Yeah. So I'm predicting a very close game, and I'm picturing a three-point victory on a 52-yard field goal by Matt Trickett, who's a kicker oh, for, the, for Ignatius. Kicker. I agree. All right. And I think it's going to be a good battle. I wouldn't have said this if I hadn't gone to the game last week where Ignatius was able to avenge their double overtime loss in the state title last year to St. Xavier from Cincinnati. <laughs> and they handled them pretty well last week and beat them 28-14. to St. Xavier is ranked number three in the country at that point. I was kind of surprised by that. That's, that's probably the best game that, that Ignatius has played all year. And it's the best game they've played all year until this Saturday when no, they play this, St. Ed's. It'll be the best game, period. And they'll end the season with nine, a 9-2 nine record. And notice, notice how the Ignatius guy this year has to talk up the game, talk up those advantages. I'm just sitting here because I know he's going to win by two touchdowns. Why? Uh, well, Why are they going to win by two the touchdowns, biggest, The biggest reason is no one's been able to beat them so <laughs> far this year, and they've played some real tough scheduled teams in and out of the state. So they got three quarterbacks, three quarterbacks. There's no quarterback controversy here that they use, and they're tough. They're they're just unbeatable. Wait, they and play three quarterbacks at the same time? They can interchange during that game. That's oh, during the game? I think when they played them all at the same time. That would be kind of a unique formation. Oh, no, that is a unique formation. That's right. There goes that St. <laughs> Ignatius wise guy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's it's almost in the bag. Uh, so much in the bag that you know, I'm not going to go to the game. I'm going to watch it on TV. So... Well, it's not being broadcast on cable network locally, but you can check out on the St. Ignatius Broadcast Network, SIBN. They'll, they'll broadcast it for you, and they can you can get some good color commentary. That's probably a little bit skewed, but you know, in general, it's pretty fair coverage that will uh, help help give you some good good insights to the game, Jack. What's kind of going on down there, right? So yeah, so it uh, it's always a it's always well not always, but it's usually a very good game, and it's always fun leading up to it. And hopefully, the weather will be good footballish weather. And Eds will prevail. And one of the things that's happened in recent years is uh, the way that playoffs now work. Um, often there's a chance for a rematch as well. Mm-hmm. All right, and that's happened numerous times in the last several years where they've met in the final game of the year, the regular season, as they all, as they as they always do. But then they may get another chance meeting in November um, to see who goes on to uh, the final four in the states, which uh, again makes a lot of fun. And Again, can we circle back to our discrimination comment, Jack? So again, yes. so the people discriminate against or for you know when 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 um, when they're choosing who gets accepted to those high schools, are they discriminating against that? When folks look at hire people and they look on their and I think Cleveland's one of the few places where people often will ask where'd you go to high school? Are people discriminating good or bad between if somebody went to let's say a St. Ed's or St. Ignatius or a St. Joe's or a Magnificat, wherever it might be, versus maybe somebody who who went to a public school? Are they going to discriminate against that? And is it, there are certain things that are, that are in your mind, or hey, would you never hire Ignatius or an Eds grad because you went to the other school? And people will do that kind of you stuff, cannot, right? You cannot, Adam. You cannot make a judgment call without discrimination. Now, we can, you know, the, a lawyer could pick up the phone right now and call in and say, you know, that's total nonsense, uh, and give forty-two reasons and go off on a long diatribe, you know. The point is, if if I look at somebody who comes walking into the room, that person is going to instantly line up with my perception of somebody I'm comfortable with and somebody who I'd like to do business with, and those are then going to be laid over judgments. Does this person have those things? 
versus a government mandate more and more creeping in, telling me I have to take these people and I have to do these things. And I'm going to say, I don't want to be in business like that. I don't want to do it. I'll find something else. And to heck with jobs, to heck with the economy, to heck with the the high road that so many business owners take. They want to be unfettered, and most will will make right, just, common-sense decisions. That's the world I like, you know, not one that's mandated more and more every day by, by government regulations that we can't even keep track of, nor can we even understand. So... Good points, Jack. I mean, it's it's these are good discussions to have. Unfortunately, you know, as is always the case, this is one of the fastest hours in radio and and the podcast sphere. If that's the right way to kind of say it, but um, good food for thought here. And again, trying to apply it to your business. What's kind of going on? Being aware of this stuff, but not you know holding to to your values too. It's part of part of the beauty of a small business is being able to hold to your values. And I would encourage you to to, to 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 keep an eye on this this whole masterpiece uh, cake shop. So this has been Jack accepted Phillips. by the Supreme Court. By Supreme Court, the, yeah. So, the, so it's going right. Okay. So going to be it's going to be ruled on. I mean, the, again, the, the way it works with the Supreme Court, once they accept it in the docket, they're going to make a ruling on stuff. You know, and they'll fight it and fight it and fight it until they finally take it in. Now they've taken this in. So I'd encourage you to try to follow that and see how see how it goes. And participate in conversations about it. Talk about it. We need to have more dialogue, more conversations more here in this the, country. You're, you're absolutely right, Adam. That's a great point. Because the more we talk about it versus afraid to talk about it for fear of somebody, you know, uh, suing us or doing something that's going to be negative like that, the worse quality of life or the quality of life starts to suffer as a result of that. And, you know, we, we, we advocate open dialogue. Let's speak your mind and let's sort out... Uh, you know, the aftermath and, and the intentions afterward. That's what makes, uh, to me, a good environment. That's that's our thinking for sure. That's right. Let's make, let's make steps in, in, in trying to be uh, understanding as opposed to understood first. It's very, very important. So, all right, thank you for joining us again in this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We are here every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern to 8.30 p.m., and you can get us in between, radio at MaximumVP.com, or you can give us a call, 877 877- Eight four nine zero six seven zero. Learn more dirty secrets of small business next Wednesday, seven thirty p.m. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT thirteen thirty a.m., one hundred one five FM, and online at wintradio.com. It's nine o'clock on a Saturday. Regular crowd shuffles in.